Amen. Good to see everybody tonight. I hope you're hungry for the Word of God. Amen. So we're about to hear some preaching, some good singing, and uh, so excited to be able to do this. It's our third annual. I mean, it's hard to believe. Already three years uh, of doing these wild game suppers, and man, we're just excited about what God's going to do, and to have Brother Tim Green here, and Brother Justin here to help us out this week, and and just excited to see what God will do. And there's quite an extensive menu prepared for everyone. And there's plenty for everybody to sample. So you can, you can get just a little bit of everything and try it. And then we got Tums at the end of the line. So we got <laughs> just in case, you know. And, you know, just in case you got that, that stomach, by the time you get there, just grab you a Tums or two and you'll be fine. And, uh, yeah, that's just for later and uh, for those that need it. And uh, but but we are just excited to see what the Lord did. There there is fried chicken as well. So I just want everybody to know, just in case you know the wild game thing's not for you. There's fried chicken, and we look forward to that. Appreciate Robbie and Beth and all those that participated in this, those that brought desserts and side dishes. Thank you so much. And all our guests, thank you for being here. And uh, we want you to feel welcome. And uh, we're just excited to be able to serve the Lord on a Saturday night. And uh, good to have the Overcash family coming in all the way from North Carolina. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. He called, he warned me, told me they might show up. I said, well, good. <laughs> That'll be wonderful. And so good to have them here as well. Other folks are coming on in. So that's wonderful. It's so looking forward to, to the Lord meeting with us tonight. And he knows what we have need of. He knows what you have need of. There's not a person that walked in this building tonight that doesn't have troubles. We heard that Wednesday night. You got troubles and trials. We all have them. But isn't it good to know that we got a God in heaven that can meet every need, every trouble, every trial that we face. we got a great God that loves us. Aren't you glad to be loved tonight? And uh, so the Lord sure is good to us. And, and uh, so we're going to open up in prayer. And I'm going to ask Brother Overcash if he would just open us up in prayer. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and take care of all the announcements right now, and then we're going to get right into the service. And so we don't have no distractions in that. And uh, so once we get done, we're going to have a drawing. You've been given tickets. We'll make sure everybody got a ticket before we have the drawing. We have all these prizes here. There's a whole range of things that we're going to hand out and uh, excited to do that. And, uh, and then we're going to go out to eat, and there's, there's uh, about 50 places to sit in the, in the fellowship hall, and there's about 50 places in the Sunday school house. So all of our, our younger crowd, if you would, if you consider yourself part of the younger crowd, I'd ask you to head toward the Sunday school house. Okay, fill up the Sunday school house and allow our senior saints to kind of remain closer in here. And uh, so.
so uh, if you don't mind helping me with that there's some tables outside i was told last year some folks sat on the back of their truck and on tailgating just had a time they said and that's wonderful and uh, I've, I've checked into renting a tent and uh, hopefully this thing will get so big we'll have to rent a tent to put out here and that'd be wonderful wouldn't it and uh, that's exciting but just kind of just let you know what we'll do there after the message but we, we're in no hurry the food's being cooked being prepared it already smells good i tell you when you walk in you can't help to know that you're in a baptist church amen you, you're gonna hear singing preaching and eating that's a baptist church now i'm telling you that's how you know you're in a baptist church and and uh, so praise the lord for that so that's all my announcements and like i said we'll take care of that now we're gonna get in we're gonna worship the lord now amen justin come and lead us in a hymn let's all stand and let's take our hymn books page number 88 jesus saves We have heard the joyful sound, Jesus saved, Jesus saved, spread the tidings all around, Jesus saved, Jesus saved, bear the news to every land, climb the steeps and cross the waves, onward tis our Lord's command, Jesus saved, Jesus saved. Wafted on the rolling tide, Jesus saved, Jesus saved, tell to sinners far and wide, Jesus saved, Jesus saved, sing ye islands of the sea, echo back ye ocean caves, earth shall keep her jubilee, Jesus saved, Jesus saved. Sing above the battle strife, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, by his death and endless life, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, sing it softly through the gloom, when the heart for mercy craves, sing and triumph for the tomb, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Give the winds a mighty voice. Let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Shout salvation full and free. Highest hills and deepest cave. This our song of victory. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. And let's go back and sing that last verse. And she's going to get us started. She's going to give us an intro, get us started, and then she's going to stop and let's just sing it a cappella. Now I want to hear this choir tonight. What a choir. A hundred voice plus choir tonight. Isn't that wonderful? And I tell you, I just want to hear your voices and just sing out to the Lord. Justin, let's do that last verse again. A cappella. Give the winds a mighty voice, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Let the nations now rejoice, 
Jesus saves, Jesus saves, shout salvation full and free, highest hills and deepest cave, this our song of victory, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Brother Greg, if you'll make sure that you get me a count, please, for tonight. I appreciate that. And uh, oh, it's just good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to hear the name Jesus. That's who we came to worship tonight. We came to worship Jesus. And I want to hear about Jesus tonight. And uh, I'm so glad for all that he's done for me. I'm glad for salvation. There's still a name that excites me. I've been saved almost 50 years. Uh, uh, going close to it. 47, 48 years. And trying not to keep counting now. <laughs> Got saved so at a young age. But I tell you, I still love the name of Jesus. Uh, I understand why the world does not like Jesus. I understand that. But I love him. And I tell you, he loved me first. And I'm glad that he died on the cross for me. I'm just excited to be around God's people. I'm glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. I, I get excited about going to church. I get excited about being around God's people. I tell you, this is the right crowd, by the way. I noticed that the roads are filling up now about every weekend. It's getting more and more traffic. And I, I, I tell you, I want to go where God's crowd is. I want to go where God's people are. And I, I want to hear about Jesus and you came to the right place tonight and I tell you he can meet every need that you have tonight we got a wonderful savior I'm glad brother Justin's here with us as well and he's going to sing a few specials for us and when he gets done brother Tim Green's going to come and preach for us so uh, when you get tired of listening to him sing cut him off and come on up here and preach alright <laughs> Emmanuel, God 
The sweet rose of Sharon, the spotless and pure Lamb of God. Jesus, the Lion of Judah, the promised Emmanuel, God's Son. Jesus, my Lord and Creator, who witnessed and conquered the Sorrow, a 
in my heart The truth was that this Every day that I live I thank God for what I've missed I missed out on the heartache Of living my life in sin I missed out on the sorrow the world without him and I have no regrets for things that I've missed cause down deep in my heart truth was and is every day that I live I thank God for what I miss Justin, you sing one more for us. Brother Craig, stand up and give you a testimony for us right quick. I t t tell us what you missed out on. Amen. <laughs> Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. I'm going to tell you, praise the Lord. And uh, Lord willing, these young ladies right here are going to be singing for us tomorrow afternoon in the service. And I, I, was, in t I was talking to Brother Overcash there the other day. And I said, hey, would, you, would your daughters be willing to sing for us? And that's what he said. He said, they've been practicing, thinking they may call on them to sing. Isn't that good? Well, praise the Lord. A family that wants to serve the Lord. Y'all just came out of a week-long revival or longer. And uh, praise the Lord. They're, they're in church again on a Saturday night. They want more of it. Amen. And I tell you, you can't get enough of the Lord. Justin, sing one more for us. And Brother Tim, you come up. While walking down a memory lane, a past of long ago, oh, Satan came right. Making me feel low He brought up thoughts of hurt and pain When I had gone astray He wanted to discourage me As I walked along my way He said, you're undeserving Cause I know where you've been I have 
of your life when you were bound by sin. I know your darkest secrets you would never tell. What makes you think you don't deserve a place with me? getting up here is not the easiest thing for old people. <laughs> Thank you, young man. He showed me a picture earlier of his girlfriend. My question is, is she going around showing a picture of him to people? <laughs> That'd be an interesting thing to find out, wouldn't it? Anyway, it's good to be here, and I thank God 
for the opportunity. I thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that he just sang so wonderfully about. Most powerful, most powerful element on this planet is the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, that cleanses us from all sin. Takes care of it all. And the biggest problem people have is they're not a Christian. They don't realize, and I don't know who gave the testimony back there, the wonderful testimony about his life starting a wrong direction when he was a 13-year-old boy and then going to Iraq and things that he thought about doing. And the blood of Jesus Christ solves that problem, takes care of it. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to be saved. I, there was another lyric in that one of those songs, and I think it was, they call our convictions religious addictions. I like that. I'm glad I'm an addicted to the things of God. Now, I'm not interested in the recovery either. It's going to stay this way. Thank God for that. Now, this is a, a hunter banquet or fisherman's feast, whatever you want to call it. But I want to know this. How many of you hunted deer, elk, squirrels, anything this year? Would you raise your hand? That's not even 10% of the congregation. The rest of you people just snuck in here to get a good meal. That's <laughs> How many of you went fishing this year? Ah, now we got a little better crowd. You, you're legitimately here now. That, that helps me. I like to fish and hunt. I'm not a great hunter. I'm not a great fisherman. But uh, I was preaching in my son's church for Father's Day a couple of years ago. He pastors in Beckley, West Virginia. And uh, they gave gifts to the father that had this and the father that and they strange things but one of them was the father who had killed the most deer and his church has about 400 people in it maybe a little bit more than that and his place was packed that day and so everybody that ever shot a deer stand up and so I stood up and finally got down to me and another guy and he my son looked at me and said dad you've shot that many deer in your life I said yes you've been gone a long time son <laughs> And so the other guy had shot a few more than me, so he got the prize. I didn't want to take it anyway, but I love deer hunting. I've loved it for a long, long time, and we started in Michigan. I grew up in Michigan. You couldn't deer hunt until you are 14 years old back in those days. I don't know what it is today, but I've been hunting a long time. I'll be 75 years old this deer season, and I told my family, I said, this is my last year. I'm not going to hunt anymore. I'm not going to deer hunt anymore. I can't do what I used to do. I, I, this is how bad it is. I fell out of a ground blind this year. <laughs> now that's pretty bad. I did a pirouette. I had my gun. I did a pirouette in midair. Thankfully landed on my feet somehow. But I hurt my ankle so bad that my friend that I was hunting with, he had to drag me out of the woods. And uh, we got to laughing about it. We had about 100 yards to the road. We got to laughing and and he's got his arm around me. He's carrying both guns. And, and uh, so we got out to the road to go to his truck, which is about another hundred yards away. And a truck drove by, slowed down, turned around, came back and said, are you guys all right? And I, we kind of said yes. And then the game warden, he just happened to come by. And my friend knew the game warden. He said, yeah, he's not drunk. I think I looked like I was drunk. 
and he was carrying me out of the woods. The two other vehicles stopped before. I said, thank God we got this truck. Everybody, firemen are going to be out here. But uh, I, I like to hunt. I like to fish. I don't get to fish as much as I, I used to as a younger man. But I could tell stories about hunting and fishing. Most of them are true. I did hear this, and I'll give you this. I heard about a preacher. He went deer hunting with a, two or three members of his church. And they just got out of their truck, hadn't even hardly taken two steps. Their guns were lowered. The beautiful buck jumped up, and they all shot at it. Well, when they got up there uh, to the deer, it was dead laying there. And, but only one, there was only one uh, bullet hole. And so they kind of got in a little argument about who in the world shot this deer. And uh, just perchance, the game warden came by and so stopped and looked at the deer. And the pastor said, listen, said, these are all men from my church. I pastor this church around here. And he said, only one of us got it, apparently. And maybe you could examine the deer and tell us who shot this thing. So the game warden, he knelt down beside the deer and he looked at it for a moment. He got back up and he said, well, the pastor shot this deer. One of the men said, how could you tell that? He said, well, it's kind of like his sermons. It went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. <laughs> anyway. You know, in the Bible, it talks about hunters. Esau was a hunter. Um, he, um, it cost him the birthright, uh, the decision that he made. He didn't get there quick enough. And as strange as it may seem, his mother was his brother's uh, good friend and bailed him out. And he got the blessing. And uh, David, we know uh, David, he killed a lion and a bear before he took care of a giant. And so there was a lot of hunters in the Old Testament. I, I don't think, I looked, I thought yesterday and today, I don't think there were any hunters uh, in the New Testament, but there's a lot of fishermen. And so we got a lot of fishermen here, fishermen here tonight. So, you know, Peter and uh, James and John, James and John, their dad was a fisherman and they left their nets and followed the Lord. And uh, one time, there was time to get taxed, and I don't think, I think Peter may have been a tax evader. He didn't want to pay. And uh, the Lord said, you just go down there and cast your line in, catch a fish, and if the fish you catch, you'll have a coin in it, and you go pay the taxes for me and you. And so that, that happened. And then, of course, Jesus uh, had risen from the dead, and the disciples went fishing. Seven of them went. And uh, they looked and they, didn't, they, didn't, they fished all night, didn't catch a thing. And they were coming in there and Jesus said, well, cast your net on the other side. And they caught 153 fish. Now, that's a pretty good haul. And when they got up there, Jesus already had fish and bread cooking on a fire. And as a mirage, I'd like to have seen that. I don't know how. The Bible doesn't say Jesus had a fishing pole or anything. But I could imagine him saying, all right, fish, come up out of there and on your way here. I'd like to have you just, you know, gut yourself. <laughs> uh, take the scales off if we want to do it that way and hit this, hit right here in this frying pan and uh, we'll eat you in a little bit. I don't, I don't know if that's how it happened or not. But, uh, you know, it's an important thing. 
And I enjoy, I enjoy the out, outdoors. I love it. I, I like hunting. You know, I hunt up north in Michigan. It's cold. And it's cold in Ohio where I hunt. And I've been other places. I hunted in uh, Mississippi this year, and it was cold a little bit there. I saw deer. I saw several bucks. You know, I'm at the point, though, I see a buck. It's got to stand there for a long time. But I see these things for about six seconds now, and I, I'm not quick on the draw anymore like I was when I was a kid. And so I didn't get a deer this year at all. But it's, it's a blessing to do that. But the most important thing in life is to be a Christian. To be a born-again child of God. And it's not an impossibility to become one. The songs that have been sung today, the testimony that was given, uh, it rejoiced the hearts of those of us that are saved. Yeah, that's right. yeah. I preached a funeral about three Sundays ago with a great preacher's wife, wonderful lady that I've known a long, long time. She died just suddenly. And uh, I'm, not being, I'm not exaggerating. There was close to 2,000 people that came for the, view, the viewing and the building was way packed and they had an overflow where they had it on a big screen. And the next day after the funeral, the preacher called me. He and I did the funeral. And the next day, one of the sons, they, have, they raise horses and they do a lot of interesting things. And a lady that had come to the stables and worked a little bit and bought horses and stuff from them, she happened to attend the funeral as a lost woman, never, never been saved. And she heard the gospel, just simply heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. What God can do for an individual that will put their faith yeah. and trust yeah. in Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. I don't know who gave the testimony back here. I didn't turn around. But that's a miracle. And it was a miracle when I got saved. And God is a miracle working God and he wants to save people. The lady wrote a letter, or excuse me, uh, sent a text to the pastor's son and the pastor's wife's son, obviously, who took care of the stables. And she said, I, I never thought in my life I would ever say that I was a born again Christian. She said, but after hearing the message yesterday, and it was so simple and so plain how one can be saved, mm -hmm. that I did exactly what the preacher said to do about three o'clock that next morning. Amen. And she said, my life is completely changed. Yeah. God has saved yeah, me. Amen. And it's a miracle. We use the term the miracle of the new birth. Right. It's being born again. Right. And you know this as well as I do. It's appointed unto men once to die. Yeah. Every person in this room, if Jesus doesn't come back and get us saved people, and I hope he does soon, but we are all going to die. And when you die, you're going to go to one of two places. You're going to go to heaven if you're a born-again child of God. And you're going to go to hell if you haven't been saved. It's that simple, it's that plain. If a preacher would stand in a pulpit and tell you anything less than that, he would be guilty of ministerial malpractice. It's like you went to the doctor and he examined you. Maybe you had an MRI and he saw these terrible problems that you had and 
So he comes back into the consultation room and, oh, what, what is it, doctor? Oh, don't worry about it. It's nothing. And within a month, you're dead. Number one, he'd be a liar. And number two, he knew the solution. He knew there was a remedy for whatever you had and it could have helped you to get well and extend your life and he didn't do it. That would be medical malpractice. A man could be sued for something like that. That's right. And you'd probably win the suit. But for a preacher to not tell the truth. Yeah. Why do you think Jesus Christ came to this old world and died and shed his blood on Calvary? It was for our redemption. For our salvation. To provide forgiveness. Jesus said, Jesus said it very plainly. I am the way. He didn't say I was one of two ways. Or one of ten ways. He said, I am the way, the truth. There's no other truth but him. And I am the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life to salvation. The only way to see God is through Jesus Christ being born again. It's very simple for whosoever. That's anybody. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not you might be saved or you don't have to do a hundred good things. You can get to heaven. No. If you just call on him and ask, he'll save. It's that simple. It's not difficult to be a, become a child of God. I uh, have thought about this for a couple of years. I don't know if I've ever said it in this pulpit or not. But there's three interesting men found in the latter part of the book of Acts. And uh, we're not going to turn there. We don't need to do that in chapter 24, 25, and 26. The apostle Paul had gotten trouble with the Jews and he, uh, he was a Roman. And so he asked to go to Caesar to be judged instead of by the priest, the Jewish priest. He didn't want anything of that. They crucified people. So he was on a ship, and you know the story, and uh, went to Rome. But before he got there, he had a confrontation, or he had a consultation, maybe would be a better word, with three of the political leaders. The Roman government had control of Israel in those days. He, he met with three different men. One was a man by the name of Felix. And he talked to that man, and the Bible said that he reasoned with him. He reasoned with him about faith in Christ. And he talked to him about righteousness and temperance and judgment to come. So he talked about those three things. Uh, you need to, uh, your life needs to change and line up with the word of God. And there's some temperance involved. You know, when you get born again, your life completely... That's how you can, one of the ways you can tell that you're saved, that you have the new birth, because your life completely changes. I mean, it's like night and day. Our brother just sang about it, took a couple of those songs about it if you listen to the lyrics. And Felix listened to the message that Paul gave him, and this was his reply. Some more convenient season. You know why people go to hell? Because of inconvenience. I don't want to be inconvenienced. 
don't want to have to go to church on Sunday. I don't want to have convictions that become religious addictions. That's just a play on words. I thank God for some Bible convictions that you'll get when you get born again. You'll dress right. You'll act right. You'll think right. Be involved in the things of God. Some more convenient season. I'll put it off. Now you have an opportunity here this afternoon sometime before six o'clock perhaps. You could become a born again child of God. You walked into this building and if you stayed the way you were when you came in and you died you'd go to hell. You'd go to hell. But you have an opportunity this afternoon to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and accept the claims that he made. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Completely different. God can change your life. I know that the testimony we heard just a few minutes ago, a radical change. I think he said, I heard at the end, I don't know, uh, who, is, who gave that testimony? I don't even see that man back there. He said his daughters have never heard him yes. use bad language. Amen. Thank God. Because yes. apparently before he got born again, he used bad language. Yes. And some other things I think he's talked about. Don't, don't be lost by inconvenience. You know, I'd, I'd get saved, but man, look at all the people around here. How many people in this building came to church one day as a lost sinner, heard the gospel, and got saved? Would you raise your hand? All right, put them down. See, you, you, if you got saved today, you wouldn't be the only person that came to church one time and lost and got saved. You'd fit right in with the crowd. Then in the 25th chapter, there's a, it was passed off to a man by the name of Festus. Now, he was not on gun smoke. Not, that's not the same Festus. But he, you get down to the end, and uh, the next guy, Agrippa, comes, and they have a meeting and just save some time. And he said, well, I'm going to write a, this is one of the craziest things in all of the Bible to me. He said, uh, he said in chapter 25 and verse 26, he said, I'm going to write a letter to Caesar about Paul, but I don't know what to say. <laughs> now, how dumb would that be to write a letter, but you don't know what to say? I hope if you ever write your girlfriend a love letter that you know what to say. <laughs> if you need some pointers, I'll tell you, I got a girl about 53 plus years ago to marry me. So, and I still write her letters every once in a while. And, you, and all of you guys ought to do that, by the way. It's a nice thing to do. You know, before I came to church tonight, my daughter-in-law sent a text to me. And my son, my middle son, had done something nice, taken her out to, for, I don't know why she's telling me about Valentine's. That was just that was a couple weeks ago. And what he had done and what he had spent and how much she loved him and how much uh, she was grateful for this boy that we'd raised that she could fall in love with him. And uh, it blessed my heart. I, that's not in my notes, but that's a good thing to do. I, I say this about Festus. Here's a guy going to write a letter, but he doesn't know what to write. He's lost by ignorance. Ignorance. I'm not saying you're ignorant, 
But I tell you, if you hear the gospel and you recognize how simple it is to be saved and you're so stubborn and set in your ways, you're ignorant because you know the way. Jesus is the way to heaven. Through the blood that was shed on Calvary. That's been sung about this afternoon. Don't be lost by ignorance. You know, I went to school, but it was a long time ago. And we would get grades for deportment. We would get grades like S. They put an S on the, your report card. And that meant satisfactory. Satisfactory. And then they also, if what you were doing as a kid wasn't satisfactory, they'd put N.I., which meant needs improvement. I got a lot of N.I.s when I was a kid going to school. And there's not a Christian in this room that doesn't need to make some improvements. And if you're lost here this afternoon, the greatest improvement you could make in your life is putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. A church can't save you. A preacher can't save you. Jesus saves. And no one and nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ can take care of it. One man was lost. He didn't want to be inconvenienced. Another man was lost because of his ignorance. And then... King Agrippa and the Apostle Paul spoke to him about salvation and redemption and faith in Christ and all of that and he was there with his wife and he said this to the Apostle Paul after listening to that message he said almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian I say this evening he was lost by indecision He just couldn't make up his mind. I can imagine him sitting there and God's dealing with his heart just like perhaps he's dealing with yours right now because you've heard enough of the gospel to save everybody in this town. Enough of the gospel from the Bible to save anyone and anyone. And he, he thought about it, you know, well... You know, if I did what Apostle Paul said, I wonder what my buddies would think. I wonder what the other officials in my, you know, my realm that I, I'm the king over, King Agrippa. I wonder what my wife would think. I wonder what my family, I wonder what my children. I wonder what the people that I, I'm going to tell you something, friend. I wouldn't worry, I wouldn't be concerned about what anyone might think of me about giving my life to Jesus Christ. It's the best decision anyone could ever make in their life. I decided to follow Jesus. I grew up in a preacher's home. I didn't get saved until I was almost 21 years old in 1970. Long time ago, the 15th day of March, 1970, I got born again. I'd went forward one time, made a little profession. I didn't, nothing changed. I didn't change. Like that lady I talked to about that was at the funeral the other day. She knew something had happened. 
You know, if you've been down to the altar and prayed, and you even got baptized or whatever, hey, if there's no change, if there's no, listen, if I came over to your house today or tonight, and uh, I stayed there for the rest of my life, you'd know I was there. I'm not a good housekeeper. I'm a man. I had to iron my shirts today. I just left the ironing board out and the iron. I'm going to put it away before I leave. But, and I had my shoes all messed up. And so I lined them up just in case the preacher come over and look and see what a slob I was. <laughs> but you know. And I'm going to tell you, if somebody as big as God moves into your life, you'd know it. And other people would know it. See, the Bible says we're indwelled by the Holy Ghost of God. He moves inside of our life. He changes our life. He changes our thought life, the direction of our life. If you're not a Christian this afternoon, you ought to become one. If you're not a child of God, you've never been born again, you ought to become one. You saw just a few minutes ago how many people came to church lost one day Maybe a Sunday, maybe a revival meeting, and they got born again. Their life got changed. And that can happen to anyone that would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. I want to ask you a question. Are you saved? Are you born again? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ?